Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 367, Immune Support for Virus, Cold, Cough, and Beyond. We will be covering a refresher on how the immune system works, and we will explore how to enhance a robust immune system response with focused nutrients and food as medicine. Yes, we have done over 10 plus episodes all about immune health and various focus topics, but I just want to call out a couple episodes of interest. Back in 114, Boosting Your Immune System Naturally, episode 180, Stress Immune Connection. I think that that one is especially timely as we head into fall and it seems like child activities pick up and schedules are filling, etc. So definitely check that out where we talk about the importance of adaptogens and really kind of harnessing that fight or flight response so your immune system is working for you. Uh, We have episode 257, Ask Me Anything Immune from last year, and then episode 255, Vitamin C and Immune Updates. Of course, we have a whole bunch of episodes on coronavirus as well. Um, We even have some under the term DVOC, which is COVID spelt backwards when I had to be... uh, tricky with shadow banning and different search terms being censored. Uh, We have episodes on long haul and so much more. Um, As always, all of our podcasts are housed at naturallynourishedrd.com. Then we upload those to Podbean, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you are listening to podcasts. But sometimes for searchability, the best place to start is naturallynourishedrd.com. Yes, you can just type in literally anything that you're thinking about, any topic that you want to see if we've covered. We've most likely covered it at 367 episodes. Yeah, in fact, I'm realizing with the math that Ask Me Anything Immune was actually two years ago because it was 100 episodes ago. (laughs) So not just one year ago. Uh, And, you know, as we're talking now, mid-October, we're going to talk in today's episode, as we always do with immune health, the importance of blood sugar regulation. So stay tuned when we get into foundational elements of diet, but also just to call out on our other website, Allie Miller R com that this is where the majority of our information lies as well as all of our products classes and resources for you including protocols so on allymillerrd.com This is where you can subscribe for our newsletter if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, and that's where you'll stay up to date on our live class offerings and events and flash sales and savings. Also on AllieMillerRD.com, you can check out Become a Client, and this talks about how you can work with Becky or myself one-on-one. We both have opened up some new client availability for the fall, and you may want to already grab your spot for January, which feels a little bit delayed, but y'all, 
It's less than eight weeks down the line, and we want to help you support feeling the best that you can in your body for 2024 to make that your best year yet. Um, so go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and become a client if you're interested in one, one-on-one functional medicine support. Okay, as we get rocking into today's episode, our sponsor is very timely. Our sponsor is ourselves, the Naturally Nourished Supplement line. And we specifically want to call out a brand new bundle that we've added to our line called the Ultimate Medicine Cabinet Bundle. This has literally everything to stock your medicine cabinet for immune season for the entire household, whether we're dealing with active cold, cough, flu, virus, preventative health. We just wanted to put like all of the things in one place. Yes. So it's called the ultimate medicine cabinet bundle. It has eight different supplements in there. It has our cellular antiox, our herbal ginger syrup, our elderberry plus syrup, our GI immune builder, our herbal immune gel capsules, our bio C plus, our Rebuild Spectrum Probiotic, and our Vitamin D Balance Blend Capsules. So in today's episode, we will be talking through all of these formulas, how you can use them, like Becky said, for either preventative, maybe you had travel time or you were exposed, or there's a lot of kids that are sick in your child's classroom and you want to kind of ramp them up, or you have a big event coming up and you don't want to allow your body to get burned out, or these are also formulas that are definitely poignant at times of active infection to mitigate or reduce or counteract the primary symptoms while actually supporting the terrain or the foundation of the body to be more robust and resilient throughout the immune system. So less symptoms and side effects, faster, robust recovery. And as we'll talk in today's episode, really the exposure to virus and cough and cold is inevitable, but it really comes down to the status of the individual's immune response of whether or not they will get infected with said exposure. And so I think that that's something really important to hone in on. And the more that we nurture our bodies and that we have less inflammatory response in our system, the less severe the infection of any form of pathogen will be. So our ultimate medicine cabinet bundle has $50 of savings built into it. It's $390 for all eight formulas. You save over 50 bucks and it's the ultimate bundle to stock your medicine cabinet for immune support for the entire household. Again, covering cold, flu, or virus and cough and sore throat. Yes. All of the things, even including foodborne illness and stomach bugs with some of those formulas. Yes. And I think this is like one of the most common DMs or emails that we get. Like, I'm sick or a family member is sick or my kid is sick. What do I do? And it's kind of like, well, if you don't have these things on hand, sure, you can do overnight shipping. Yes. Um, but we really don't want you to get caught with your pants down, yeah. if you will. Um, so that's the bundle to just have everything on hand. Some of them can be taken um, daily as supporters and then some are pulsed up and the product page goes into specific detail all the way from children into adults of what to do just for preventative and what to do when you're actively ill. Yeah. So, so happy to support you guys with that resource and that comprehensive ultimate medicine cabinet bundle over at AllieMillerRD.com. Okay, so let's jump into things. And I think whenever we're embarking on a new season of immune concerns, it helps to just start with a clear 
understanding of how exactly the immune system works. So will you break that down for us? Yes. So there are three different lines of defense of your body's immune system. And it's first important to understand that the beautiful natural design of human incorporates this interactive immunological surveillance response. Uh, And so there is first line of defense, second line of defense, and third line of defense. And the first and second line of defense are more of the innate. um, And then the third line of defense will be called the adaptive or the learned or the immune memory response or also known as acquired immune response. So in these innate immune responses, the first line of defense, we think of more of barriers. Um, These are going to be nonspecific barriers that restrict the entry of a pathogen. And remember, a pathogen is the term in the medical world for a infection organism. So it can be bacteria, it can be viral, it can be fungal. Um, And so when we're looking at these natural barriers, we think of, of course, the skin. Uh, we think of our mucosal membranes. So these line in our eyes with, you know, having enzymes in our tears to clear out any type of pathogen in our ocular space. We have mucosal membranes, of course, in our nasal area, lining our respiratory tract and our gut. We have enzymes in our saliva right away that are antibacterial to start to combat potential foodborne illness. If we're eating salmonella, for instance, or E. coli, Uh, we have stomach acid that works as more of a chemical barrier, which with high amounts of hydrochloric acid, that's going to also combat pathogen if consumed in our food source or coming in orally. And it's important to kind of recognize when we're thinking of these barrier defense mechanisms that these are natural ways to get something out or prevent something from coming in, essentially. Um, So even like our cough reflex would be within this first line of immune defense. And when we think back now for three, four years ago with pandemic, a lot of the protection mechanisms actually interfered with our body's natural first line of defense. So if we think of like wearing a mask, Um, over our nose and our mouth, as we've talked in past episodes, a lot of people will actually do more mouth breathing versus nasal breathing. And that in itself actually can increase exposure, especially when we know that the size of the virus um, and the size of the woven PPE masks are really not protecting against uh, that viral compound coming in. And then if you're opening your mouth because you're not breathing oxygen as well from your nose being covered with that woven mask, then you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage, not to mention that you can't expel your oral bacteria. And as we saw, large amounts of dermatitis, um, infections like staph on the skin, higher amounts of strep, Um, and different throat viral and bacterial infections, et cetera. So when we interfere with the natural design, we usually kind of get smacked in the butt (laughs) uh, because that's not how the body's designed to work. Sure. And even thinking about like all of the hand sanitizer use, you know, that also can be damaging to the skin. It can actually, um, some of those formulas can have, you know, toxins to our our nervous system, which is really problematic. Um, but just interfering again with a barrier, right? That barrier defense of our skin. So when you damage the skin, then you are actually damaging some of the layers of tissue that were protecting you as a first line of defense. And now you're getting more 
topical bacteria or things that you're interacting with, especially kids, I think, in like school systems, mm-hmm. right? Um, sticking their hands in their mouth, et cetera. Um, and that's actually getting into their bloodstream easier because of the skin damage. Um, and then, you know, not to mention when we go back to the mask thing, the microplastics, and we're starting to see a huge amount of research coming out on the inhalation of microplastics from PPEs and how this in itself is causing more respiratory stress. I'm going to take a jump and say, as a hypothesis, we're going to see more reactive airway issues Mm -hmm. with children. We're going to see more asthma and we're definitely going to see more restrictive airway conditions. Okay. So that's all within that first line Mm -hmm. of defense. And we'll talk about how to support it naturally in a moment. So (laughs) not just what you can't do. Right. Um, Yeah. Let's not go back to pandemic protections by any means, Um, but let's talk second line of defense. So what kind of happens next once we do encounter one of these pathogens? Yes. So once the pathogen gets past our barriers, we will have another innate nonspecific layer of an immune defense. And this is where we'll actually start to have more robust chemical response and more robust immune mediated response. Um, So we will have an inflammatory reaction often in the body as the body tries to upregulate immune responsive cells. Uh, And often with an inflammatory response, we're going to see aches. Uh, This is often associated with viral infection. We can see fever, which we can see with bacteria or viral infection. And uh, we will see that these mechanisms of inflammation actually call on to guard higher amounts of phagocytes, uh, white blood cell responders, including our macrophages and our neutrophils. These white blood cells come in and try to engulf or basically gobble up the pathogen to help facilitate the removal of that pathogen. We have a higher amount of natural killer cells also manufactured through our white blood cell response. And natural killer cells are non-specific, so they're just going to kill any pathogen in its path. Natural killer cells have also been shown in research to support combating tumor formation in the body. Uh, And then we'll also see interferon as a compound that is an immune responder to help to upregulate the removal of pathogen. Okay, so that's all the second line of defense. And before we go into the third line of defense, let's dig a little bit deeper into fevers in terms of the mechanism and their benefits, how they can be a helper to the immune system. Yes. Fevers are a friend of the immune system. Say this again. Uh, you know, on to, all too often we see parents really stressing out when their child has a fever. Yes, a fever can be an indicator of an infection, as I said. Uh, a fever is definitely an inflammatory process, so we can also get fevers from teething, for instance, when uh, in that close to head space, we are cutting through tissue and that creates an inflammatory response. Uh, But fevers are a mechanism actually to turn on the immune response. And we've seen in study after study, when we prescribe or provide over-the-counter antipyretic medications, so these can be like children's or adults, Motrin, so any form of an NSAID, uh, or which could be also Advil, right, Aleve, those types of medications are in the NSAID family or 
aspirin or Tylenol, that these actually can, yes, reduce that temperature, but as an antipyretic, those reduction of temperature changes actually interfere with how the immune system functions. So we'll see individuals with more prolonged or more severe infections when using a medication to cut the fever. On the other end of the spectrum, there was a lot of, I think, um, fear associated with febrile fever um, or fever that can go above 104 and potentially cause seizure activity in children. Although in Seattle's Children's Hospital, they published a beautiful paper that showed the low susceptibility of uh, fever-based seizures. And even if a fever-based seizure was to occur, how that does not drive neurological complications or conditions for that child. So it's not like that would kick up a risk factor for epilepsy or future seizures or even any neurological damage or concern. Um, The only time we'll actually see brain damage or neurological damage from body temperature is from an external heat source. So God forbid if a child was locked in a hot car in the summer and their body temperature went above that 104 and they can very quickly, as you may have seen in news stories, etc heat up into 108 or higher that's where we'll actually then see systemic tissue damage brain damage neurological concerns and risk of death Uh, but the hypothalamus in the brain is not going to allow the body to naturally hit a temperature threshold above a factor that would drive a negative health concern for a child Okay, and if you need those points reiterated, we have a beautiful YouTube video where we go through kind of all of the point-by-point myths and busting those about fevers. Um, It's our bone broth popsicle and fever myth episode, and I will link it in today's show notes. Great. So, you know, fever range temperatures actually, again, help the immune system to work better. Um, By increasing temperature, it will actually work to directly kill off germs, bacteria, pathogens. And there are fever responding immunological compounds that actually are upregulated through that body temperature shift. So we'll see higher amounts of antiviral, antibacterial immune response through our T helper one cells. And we'll also see um, influence with our antiparasitic um, T helper two immune responders. We see interferon come up with fever. We see more natural killer cells. So that fever helps in synergy with that second line of defense basically to upregulate and even starts to provoke formation of the third line of defense for the body. All right, let's talk third line of defense. What happens next? So this is our acquired immune response, and this is where the immune system is trying to create a proactive battle while also forward thinking against uh, prevention of future infection. So we start to see an antigen-specific immune response to actually target and attack invaders. There will be antibodies um, that are formed to pair with those antigens or those protein-specific compounds on a pathogen. Um, We require lymphocyte response, um, so really important to support the lymphatic system and make sure that white blood cell response 
is optimal. And we'll see at this third line of defense, our T cells and our B cells. So our T cells play a role in eliminating the enemies, whereas the B cells produce the antibodies and store the memory so that if we are going to interact with that infection again, uh, that we can be exposed, but again, maybe not deal with that active infection because the immune system says, oh, we know how to get rid of this. Let's go into attack mode. Okay, so third line is more memory-associated mm -hmm. immune support. Um, let's go back and let's just talk about how we can support our barriers. So we said masks and hand sanitizers are not it. Right. Um, how can we support our first line of defense? Yeah. So some of the first things that I think of as a preventative, I'll kind of cover both preventative as well as treatment um, if dealing with an active infection. So it's really important that we keep our nasal passages moistened. Uh, this is really important that uh, as a way to clear out exposure of a pathogen. Um, and you'll notice that during, for instance, like allergy season, you might have more mucus or you might have more of a cough reflex going on. That's your immune system responding to the higher amount of the antigen of the pollen, so not a pathogen, but an antigen of pollen and trying to clear it out. Same we'll see with a pathogen. So if your child is exposed to the 20 million different forms of colds out there, right, or coronaviruses that are circulating, you know, they're going to have mucus, gunk, phlegm, and that's basically their immune system through that production of mucus, which is white blood cell mediated, upregulating more of these second line defenders and trying to gather as a first line of defense as a barrier, gather that pathogen and get it expelled or removed from the body. So when your child's blowing their nose, they're actually removing both the immune response to the infection and the infection compound kind of gathered into that yummy <laughs> mucus and phlegm story of my life lately. It's just <laughs> wiping snotty noses all the time. Yes. So you can actually try to get ahead of the mucus and phlegm would be best. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we tend to see more mucus and phlegm issues and respiratory issues and rhinitis or chronic runny nose when there is issues with air health first and foremost. Um, and so we'll actually want to make sure that if we're shifting our household to turn on heaters, for instance, um, that your vents are cleaned. This might be a good time to invest in cleaning your vents before you switch your HVAC from air conditioning to heat. Um, thinking of good air filters in the household, like Air Doctor would be a good one to consider, especially like in a child's room if they dealt with a lot of upper respiratory gunk. Um, and then we want to rinse those nasal passages and try to keep them moist. So hot showers are a beautiful way to do this. Um, if you're not bathing or showering daily, even just using a warm washcloth at the beginning and end of the day and kind of breathing that in, you could take it next level by even dabbing some essential oils on there so that you're inhaling that warm, moist air, uh, water particle in with an essential oil. And that could help also as a proactive anti viral antibacterial compound. So something like oregano or thyme or thieves could be considered. Um, I love nasal rinses for this season. So um, the x -Lear is my favorite. And Stella started using that at age two and a half. 
the daily option has just grapefruit seed extract and xylitol. And xylitol itself, although I don't like it in the diet, um, it is a great antibacterial and also has been shown to support viral um, impact because of, again, that kind of ability to gather and remove. And then there is, even in the X-Clear line, a more herbal formula, which is the rescue version of X-Clear. Um, I have not used that with Stells. Um, I go right to colloidal silver with her uh, just because it's a little bit less volatile with the essential oils. Uh, so I use the X-Clear daily for her. Um, I use the X-Clear myself if I'm flying, if I'm going to be going in a large group, um, or even for like different amount of dust or pollen. Like if I'm going to a farm tour or I'm doing a lot of gardening, I might help my immune system by kind of clearing that out after. I want those soil-based organisms as the antidepressant in my brain, but I don't need them stressing my respiratory tract. Um, and, and then um, let's maybe t- hit a little bit, Becky, on colloidal silver, when that would come in and how that works. Yeah. So we can use a colloidal silver nasal spray. Um, typically, I would, I would bust that out at like the first sign of mm-hmm. infection. And that's something I like to have a fresh new... Yes. bottle of um, each go around. So although there will be some left in the bottle after household members are like, you know, real gunky, real sick, um, I usually toss that and I just keep like a back stock of the um, sovereign silver um, nasal spray. They also have a throat spray, yes. which can work nicely, especially for um, strep throat. There's some um, anti-strep properties of silver, but you would use this just like you use the Exlear um, nasal rinse, you know, couple times a day, uh, maybe even more proactive than you are with that when there is yes. active illness. Totally. If there's active infection, I'll go five sprays five times a day is kind of what I recommend depending on the, the amounts of PPM or the parts per million of the concentration of the silver. Um, the one Becky's referencing is a 10 PPM formula and that's 10 PPMs for five sprays, I believe. So it's like you're getting about 50 PPMs a day. Uh, again, that just stands for parts per million. And you can also get the colloidal silver in a ML dropper, which is nice if you want to go bigger dose for your toddler or your kiddo that's maybe not as compliant Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you want to kind of get them more at a 30 to 40 uh, PPM dosage. You know, you just watch the dosage on the back with your dropper. And um, yes, ideally you have them kind of keep that in their throat a little bit, but you can just go direct in the mouth and it has no taste, which is really helpful as a great way to get that down. So it's both has bactericidal activity or antibacterial activity, as well as antiviral activity. It's been used for a long time, even topically with wounds um, and a great thing to keep in your medicine cabinet. Yes. And even um, like pink eye or like yes. gunky, you know, eye stuff, you can spray a little bit on a tissue and wipe with that. Um, we were dealing with a lot of that last school year and just preventatively last uh well last april um when i was doing the rome ranch thing i was doing the colloidal silver dropper direct in my eye because Mm -hmm. i had some version of you know the thing and conjunctivitis was with that Uh version um and i definitely had that going on and i was just dropping yep straight in the eye yep and it worked just fine yep awesome um and then um I'd add on the garlic mullen drops as mm-hmm. um, something, especially with little kids and maybe kids that aren't yet like blowing their nose very well on their yes. own, um, but especially for the littles and prevention of ear infection. Um, so you can use this directly into the ear and it's something that I'll do anytime that my kids are kind of gunky um, yes. just because we know that, you know, that can quickly turn into an ear infection and they 
kind of suck the snot back in and, and whatnot. Um, so a couple drops, they'll smell like pizza for, mm-hmm. you know, a day, uh, but knock on wood, we've never had an ear infection issue in our household. Yes. And ear infections are the number one cause of antibiotic prescription for pediatrics. And as we know, once the child starts on a course of antibiotics, that that imprint on the gut health can really drive increased risk of asthma, of food allergy, as well as food sensitivity, um, as well as microbiome imbalance and often suppressing their immune system or needing more courses of antibiotics. Uh, So definitely that's a good provigilant tool for the ear area. And we kind of think of, like you said, ear, nose, throat, but the garlic mullen drops are just delivered in the ear not taken orally and then um, playing with the moisture and uh, dehumidifier or humidifier depending on what's going on so if your child is really producing a lot of gunk you might want to use a dehumidifier Uh, if they're really dry and scratchy you might want to use a humidifier Uh, and those can help with just regulating the um, amount of vapor in their room and that can really uh, help the immune system to produce what it needs to and, and kind of regulate that first line barrier Yep. And then you could add some essential oils um, if you're doing more the humidifier route or if you have a dual purpose humidifier and um, essential oil diffuser. I know Frida Baby makes one that we have in in their rooms, Uh, but adding some essential oils of like eucalyptus, rosemary, tea tree, um, the thieves oil blend or on guard from doTERRA are two that I kind of interchange in our household and just kind of keep those running all season long yeah nothing wrong with that and, and it can be a beautiful ritual you know that that's like after we brush our teeth now we put our drops of our essential oil into our humidifier and and children do so well with ritual and routine for like this is a readiness of sleep and calm down time and it's also another stimulus that vapor that smell tells them it's sleep time mm-hmm. uh, so I find that to be very helpful as well I mean early Amistels when we started doing that 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 helps to just kind of set that tone or that pace and if you can get their bedroom smelling like that a little bit prior to bedtime then they're like ready for the restful sure. space yeah, yeah. yeah um and then orally when we're thinking of uh sore throat cough phlegm um our products that we would strongly consider are our herbal ginger syrup and our elderberry plus so the herbal ginger syrup is going to be a organic honey based cough syrup and this is going to have the herbs of lovage as well as uh, cherry bark in there and um, we also have of course ginger so ginger is an expectorant and um, also an anti-inflammatory so this is going to help to clear out mucus and phlegm lovage is a natural cough suppressant so especially if they have a a overreactive cough reflex going on Uh, and wild cherry bark also can help with pain and sore throat and that cough response. What's beautiful about the herbal ginger syrup is that this is very soothing on the throat. These herbs are all natural, have been tested through uh, the time, and um, have no concerning side effects. And this is really important to note because just as we kind of called out side effects of concern with the antipyretics or the medications that reduce fever, 
over-the-counter cough, cold, and flu remedies also come with active ingredients of side effects and then the inactive ingredients of food colorants, other toxic preservatives, and compounds that we just really don't want to stress our adult or child's body with during a time of already infection. Yes, we did a whole YouTube video all about the kind of dangers of conventional cough syrups, especially ones like Tylenol, you know, cold and cough, which is going to be combining um, that antipyretic effect. Yes. Um, It's going to suppress glutathione. And then there's some other problematic ingredients in there too. Yeah. So the acetaminophen, which is what you'll find as the active ingredient in Tylenol, like Becky called out, glutathione is the master antioxidant. And so when we're talking about a powerful tool for immune response, we actually really lean heavily into our cellular antiox, which we'll get into in a moment. But that is just a combination of NAC and S-acetylated glutathione. And we've seen even in pandemic, individuals that have suppressed glutathione status to have more severe infection and also higher risk factor of mortality or death when infected with a virus. Um, And so instead of suppressing glutathione, we actually want to offset the oxidative stress response of the infection through this powerhouse antioxidant. Um, And so definitely avoiding that. And, And also if your child is going forward with any form of vaccination, it would especially be recommended to avoid any acetaminophen or Tylenol because again, with the adjuvant or what is used as a stimulant in the vaccine. So, you know, maybe it's not mercury, maybe it's aluminum. There's always going to be an adjuvant to stimulate the immune system. And that adjuvant itself is a toxic compound. And so you need more antioxidant to actually combat the potential stress response of that toxin, which when we're looking at research research studies on autistic spectrum disorders and neurological concerns, definitely depletion of glutathione is a big risk factor, as is toxic metal levels for children. Um, so avoiding the Tylenol overall <laughs> would be a big thing. And then even in like the child children's Robitussin, et cetera, you're going to see dextromethorphan. Um, and the dextromethorphan can increase heart rate, drive shakiness or anxiety, can also drive nausea or vomiting. So if the adult or child is already feeling a little under the weather, don't want to provoke that. I have had adults have full-blown panic attacks from use of these medications and fainting spells. Um, there's also phenylephrine HCL in many of these cough and cold formulas. It's a type of a decongestant and it can reduce heart volume while increasing blood pressure and also drive more of an anxiety response. And then, like I said, we'll see things like sodium benzoate, sorbitol, sucralose, propylene glycol, which is an antifreeze, and then food colorants and all sorts of gunk. So Herbal ginger syrup has three powerful ingredients, four if you're counting the organic honey, um, that will aid in sore throat and cough as a powerful remedy, also can help with pain, so could even be used with teething or headaches, and does not have those side effects of the -the over-the-counter, so definitely something to strong consider. And it tastes delicious too, I might add. Um, I've actually been taking it today because I woke up with a little bit of a scratchy throat. Um, and for adults, you can really do, you know, a quite a robust dosage of, of a teaspoon every couple of hours or so. Um, with kiddos, you might start with like more like a half 
teaspoon, um, depending on their weight. But we have all of that on um, the products page of our website as well. And you can mix it into tea. Um, it adds a really nice like yes. ginger and honey um, flavor. And then, you know, sipping it with that hot liquid, I think can help too if you are dealing with scratchy throat or sore throat. Yeah, let's um, include our toddies. We have a hot toddies yeah. <laughs> uh, YouTube video, which that kind of makes me feel like that herbal ginger syrup would go really lovely there. And then we'll cover more in depth the elderberry um, plus syrup when we get there, because I don't really think that that's as much of a expectorant formula. We think of more of that as an immune modulating sure. formula. Yeah, yeah. So for speaking barriers, cough, throat, cold, gunk, mucus, I would first think of first line of defense of the herbal ginger syrup. And then food as medicine, bone broth would be very lovely. Sipping on that savory, uh, broth is going to also serve as an expectorant. We know that bone broth has high amounts of NAC or N-acetylcysteine, um, which can also help to reduce mucus formation and clear that out. Um, and then the bone broth can help with electrolytes, which is really important, and support gut lining. And this can be sipped on room temp, slightly warmed, or even put into a bone broth popsicle, which would especially be welcomed for a child that has a sore throat. Yes, totally. Um, let's talk gut for a moment, because that's another kind of barrier defense, Definitely. if you will. Yeah. Um, supporting the gut lining for proactive defense and then especially during times of immune distress. Yes. So, you know, we have two primary gut lining, if you will, formulas or things that we think of with the gut barrier. And I, I want to break those down because I feel like we're often kind of toggling for clients, which is superior to start with as far as the GI lining support or the GI immune builder. So the GI lining support has three ingredients. This is L-glutamine, diglycerized licorice root, and aloe. And the GI lining support is thought of as more of a classic leaky gut formula. Um, and so the L-glutamine feeds our gut cells. It helps to impact if there was gut ulceration or wear and tear of the lining of the tissue um, with that DGL and the aloe there. And the glutamine is going to literally feed and support those enterocytes or gut cells to repair and recover. Um, so that would be if dealing with like heartburn or you've been diagnosed with leaky gut or for any adult or child that has uh, celiac disease, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, any form of inflammatory bowel condition, as well as food sensitivities that are remarkable or digestive stress. Now, the GI immune builder actually is going to have active immunoglobulins. And immunoglobulins really serve more to prime our gut in response to pathogen as well as food reactivity. So immunoglobulins work more in that kind of third tier defense mechanism where they support the GALT or the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. And the immunoglobulins help to ensure that our body is primed with the compounds to make that antigen antibody response and also to get rid of or upregulate how our surveillance system of our immune system responds to be able to tag and then remove any foreign invader. So the GI immune builder is especially important if we're dealing with an active gut infection. So this could be like 
like E. coli, this could be C. diff, um, anytime that the immune system is hit with a gut bug, we definitely want that immune builder in there to make sure that we actually get rid of it and it doesn't reside and get thrifty. But the GI immune builder is also important if you're having constant food response, like maybe you've done an elimination diet, but you're still having a dermatitis flare, um, or we'll add in GI immune builder without doing food sensitivity testing with, um, infants or children that are having, um, eczema or psoriasis or dermatitis flares from exclusive breastfeeding or even from introduction of foods. Um, we think of the GI immune builder also equally important though, from pathogen of bacteria and virus that aren't related to the gut or skin. So if we're thinking of viral infection, um, especially those that have co-infections or long-standing infections. So we talked about in our Lyme disease episode, the importance of GI immune builder with things like Epstein-Barr um, or mono or some of these kind of long infections that linger. The GI immune builder with those serum-derived bovine immunoglobulin compounds or IgG immunolin compounds are going to help our immune system to be able to survey better and activate and get rid of the things that don't belong. And then we also include N-acetyl-D-glucosamine to support the structure of the cells in our intestine lining. So there's a little bit of that structural barrier defense mechanism as well. And that also helps to support a healthy inflammatory response in the cells of the gut so that they don't get as irritated. Okay. So when we're going more for like the immune function piece of the puzzle, I'd say go more heavily into the GI immune builder, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, Whereas the GI lining is more like daily ongoing support for leaky gut, food sensitivity, ulceration, et cetera. Absolutely. And so, yep, GI immune builder would definitely be taken during active infection and even post-infection to make sure that your body really took out the trash, if you will. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And then in terms of barrier support beyond nasal respiratory and gut, we'd also consider infrared sauna as another way to naturally enhance barrier function and also kind of turn up the heat, if you will, on those pathogens. Absolutely. So infrared sauna specifically, so any kind of sauna is going to basically cook or heat up the body. And um, as we mentioned, when you suppress fever, this can also suppress your body's natural immune response, which can make worsened symptoms or more severe infections. So having heat penetrate into the tissues and raising our core body temperature is a good consideration. Now, what's unique about an infrared sauna is that we will get a different type of kind of heating up in the body and we'll actually get an upregulation of our white blood cells from the near infrared light. Um, and that also will increase antibodies against germs or pathogen by increasing our cellular energy production. So infrared sauna specifically beyond fever will also make antiviral and antibacterial immune responses more efficient. Um, there's this hormesis effect where basically we're getting a little bit of oxidative stress from the heat of the sauna, and that actually helps our body on a systemic level to deal better with the infection. Infection stressors. So again, it kind of turns on or upregulates. 
Uh, it actually can help with the production of heat shock proteins, which help other protein molecules to fold correctly. And this aids in our immune system's ability to combat or fight off viruses. We know that infrared sauna can actually be anti-aging for the immune system. It can reduce the overall inflammatory response and stress. So especially feeling like that deep bone pain or lymph aching. Um, it can normalize our circadian rhythm and improve our sleep scores, which in itself then helps a whole array of immune processes. Um, and you know, big picture, we're getting a high antioxidant capacity in our cells when we're using infrared versus just like a steam sauna, etc. So I'm definitely excited to have my sunlight and sauna this year for this immune season. Uh, Stella and I have already gotten in a couple times. Brady does his own um, times, uh, but uh, that's really been a great thing that we'll be excited to have on hand, non-invasive, and a way to really, again, cook up or turn on that immune process. And if you're considering a sauna, you can check out Sunlight and Saunas and use Allie Miller RD to save. All right. We'll link we, them. We did a whole episode with them too, which I can link in the show notes. Yeah. Nothing like sweating out the gunk. Yes. <laughs> Clearing right? it out. Right. Yes. It just feels good. Yes. Okay. So that sauna kind of works first and second line of defense, upregulating that more chemical response. Mm-hmm. Let's move on now to how to support the innate immune system in that secondary level response, more cellular and chemical, but still non-specific. What's going on here? How can we influence it with diet and lifestyle? Yeah, so I would say that that GI immune builder is going to be one power player here um, because, again, it's already starting to prime that gut-associated lymphatic tissue. And that's really where we start to think of this second and tertiary or third line of defense shift in the body. Um, probiotics are one of the best ways that we can support this secondary line of immune response. Um, we know that probiotics actually can upregulate natural killer cells, and these can directly respond to infection or indirectly respond to infection. So they can actually recognize virus-infected cells, and then they can interact with our dendritic cells and then express these toll-like receptors, which can secrete cytokines, basically these pro-inflammatory compounds, or like if you think of like battle warfare, <laughs> bombs or bullets, if you will. Um, and then these are the compounds that are going to interact or encounter direct with the viral or bacterial infection. So it's kind of like this telephone chain response. Both probiotics can upregulate the natural killer cells, which themselves can attack, or they can upregulate these dendritic cells, toll-like receptors, and then get this secretion of chemical warfare. So making sure that you have a robust microbiome going into cold flu and viral season would be extremely important, especially if you're a candidate that has an indicator that your gut is off. So like if you're having irregular bowels, dealing with constipation or loose stools, this would be the time to do our probiotic challenge and make sure that the gut is working for you, not against you. So we will link our protocol on Allie Miller RD on how to do the probiotic challenge with our Restore Baseline Probiotic, and that'll help you determine if you're in a symbiotic state and your gut bacteria is optimal then you could just keep with our restore baseline and just consider that rebuild spectrum at times of immune infection. 
You'll also see with the probiotic challenge, if your gut is sterilized and you need a more robust probiotic to support you, and maybe you need to upregulate to the targeted 60 billion formula, or you'll see if your gut is in a dysbiotic state and you need to do a gut cleanse to kind of plow the microbiome and then strategically reseed. And that would be with our beat the bloat approach. Um, we have a beat the bloat bundle out there and protocol, and we've even done a live interactive class that we have available as an archive. Uh, but stay tuned in the new year, in the early spring or mid-February timestamp, we'll be offering another live version of that Beat the Bloat program, which is really helpful, if, especially if you're dealing with long-term indicators of gut dysbiosis and you need more advanced functional medicine support. All right. And then during times of illness, we probably want to ramp up the amount of probiotics in terms of the CFUs that we're taking. So if you're starting on the Restore Baseline, just as your kind of general preventative probiotic, you could either pulse that up to taking, you know, four capsules, three to four capsules, or you could go direct to our targeted strength, which is the equivalent of those four capsules of Restore Baseline. Um, I also like to pulse in the Rebuild Spectrum probiotic yes. during times of illness, especially if there is any gut distress or it's foodborne illness or there's a GI component. Yeah. And that's right on because, you know, there's 30 billion CFUs in a capsule of our rebuild spectrum. And we include this one in our ultimate medicine cabinet bundle for this reason, because the strains in the rebuild spectrum have more anti-pathogenic components to mm -hmm. them. Um, so they're going to help more at times of an active infection. And, you know, the kids biotic, if you're giving your kids our uh, grape flavored kids biotic, which is lovely. And those two strains have been shown to be very supportive for runny nose, sick days, severity of infection, et cetera. Um, the rebuilt spectrum can be opened up as a capsule and mixed with uh, raw and filtered honey. And that's a great way to dose that higher dose for kiddos at times of illness. And then go back to that kid's biotic as more of their preventative. Totally. All right. Um, let's just take a moment for our mid-roll sponsor for this episode, Noble Origins. Yes. Noble Origins provides an organ complex of powdered blend of high quality beef organs from New Zealand source grass-fed beef, liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. So organs are really nature's multivitamin. And when we're talking about supporting our families throughout the cold flu and viral season, making sure that we have a robust micronutrient status is of the utmost importance. Incorporating no noble organs blend into a daily smoothie or into a savory spread or sauce is a great way to get this boost of nutrient density in a simple teaspoon that can be distributed throughout the household. Uh, definitely go on over to NobleOrigins.com. So it's confusing because it's an organs complex, but it's Noble Origins, just to clarify. Uh, so that's N-O-B-L-E-O-R-I-G-I-N-S.com slash discount slash Allie Miller RD, or you can just use Allie Miller RD at checkout and you will get a bag of the organs complex added into your order. Okay, so moving on from probiotics, I wanna just cover as a quick refresher how vaccines work and why vaccines and experimental injections just don't cut it in terms of actually supporting our 
immune response. You know, I was just at the pediatrician and as usual, I always say, we're still holding off on shots. Yeah. You know, my son is three now and they're just used to it. And that's what's in the chart. But at checkout, when I was um, scheduling our our next follow-up, the person that was doing the checkout, the admin was like, oh, did you want to schedule their flu shots? And I'm like, (laughs) Maple's one, Noah's three. We're good. Thank you very much. But no, thank you. We'll just take a sticker and we'll be on our way. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, flu shots uh, have been around for a while. And before the experimental injection, if you will, of the mRNA injections for COVID, it was recommended get your flu shot because that could help. Um, It's important to understand that any vaccine is really relying on that third line of immune response or that acquired immune response. And traditionally, flu shots are going to be trivalent or basically have three different viruses that they're trying to attack. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, rolling the dice on what's going to present. And also it's important to understand that viruses themselves are going to shift, have structural changes, and that's why we will call them variants. Um, I know now with coronavirus, they're calling it the variant of interest or the VOI. What's the variant of interest this time? And the the I don't mean to take light of it, but I'm kind of laughing because again, it's this idea that nature or God is always going to move more rapidly uh, than man as far as the way that viral uh, compounds can morph or have structural configurative changes. And so if we're looking at trying to attack one version, often by the time that medication hits the market, that virus itself has already transfigured into a different version, if that makes sense. Um, And so a trivalent flu shot, or there's also a quadrivalent flu shot, um, these are going to have you know, different viral compounds to try to protect against various viruses. So there might be like an H1N1, an H3N2, and maybe an influenza B virus thrown in a trivalent or something like that. As I mentioned earlier, all vaccines, so whether it's for hepatitis B or for flu or for something else, they're going to have what's called a primary adjuvant. And an adjuvant actually in its function is to agitate the immune system or to stress it so that the immune system kind of goes haywire or has kind of a freak out or a dynamic response. Um, Now, historically, the primary adjuvant was often mercury. um, And now there are thimerosal-free or mercury-free forms of uh, vaccines. A lot of them are currently using aluminum salts as the primary adjuvant. Remember, though, aluminum is also a toxic metal that can build up in the body. Vaccines will also have formaldehyde in them. Um, This is actually to um, inactivate the toxins in the virus that are given um, as a distributed to try to be the antigen to teach the immune system to make the antibodies too. Um, And then there often is going to be even antibiotics in in a delivery of vaccines. Um, They often will carry forms of antibiotics. So it could be gentamicin or neomycin. Um, There's going to be a stabilizer of sorts like gelatin or egg protein. Um, And egg protein are the ones that we're more concerned about provoking more allergy response in kiddos. Um, But the big picture again, you know, despite the advances in biochemical research, whether man-made lab-derived viral compound or, you know, nature-made, 
all of these are not going to stay. They're going to create variants and there is really no effective prevention and treatment because these strains are constantly evolving. And, you know, really you're, you can only get sick from a virus if your immune system allows it. So I want to call out again that exposure is inevitable. Infection is optional, truly. So you want to think of instead of having like a tiny, um, I think of like a vaccine as like an arrow on a bullseye. Well, what happens if the arrow hits a different ring of the bullseye? Um, when we think of viruses, they're broad and they can change shape. They can change configuration. So if you only can work on the bullseye, but you hit the 20, the 30, the 40, the 50, or the 60, there's no efficacy. Yet if you can work with your immune system to be a more robust shield and this shield makes sure that wherever that arrow is thrown or whatever zone or configuration is hitting you, that you have a robust response, that your body doesn't allow a severe infection and it combats that oxidative stress and inflammation and upregulates a good learned immune memory response, then you're going to actually have better immune modulation and immune resilience or resistance in the future. And we've seen that time and time again. In fact, we've seen individuals that used the COVID shots having more susceptibility to infection than those that were naturally infected. Natural immunity is absolutely key. The goal is to help the immune system to have a robust recovery and reduce the severity of infection. Sure. Okay. So let's delve back into kind of the preventative and and treatment, if you will, um, and talk some of the big essentials in terms of nutrients and formulas. And I think we're going to break down pretty much everything that's in that ultimate immune. Yeah. I'll try not to repeat those we've already done, but you know, my kind of first line of defense, um, often if I'm looking at immune response, um, is the trifecta. Well, I'd have to say four things. (laughs) It's probiotics, vitamin D. Yes. Uh, vitamin D, uh, bio C plus and cellular antioxidants. And so bio C plus and cellular antioxidants are two that can be mixed in raw honey. In fact, we do that as a visual in the YouTube video that we referenced on the bone broth broth popsicles. So something great to definitely check out. Um, Vitamin C has been shown to actually reduce viral replication and also have antiviral effects. And then since it is an antioxidant, it in itself can reduce the oxidative stress. So it can help to reduce the pain and inflammation and the severity of infection. The cellular antiox takes that next level because it's actually the two highest antioxidants. So it's that N-acetylcysteine and glutathione. And as I mentioned earlier with NAC being in bone broth or the concerns of not wanting acetaminophen, which depletes glutathione, um, you know, these two as the primo top antioxidants really ensure that the body is able to regulate how the immune system combats or fights an infection. And then what's lovely about the cellular antiox is that NAC is a um, mucosal regulator. So it serves as an expectorant helping to clear phlegm and mucus. Um, It's mucolytic, um, so it can actually reduce excessive mucus production. Uh, We think of both bio C plus and cellular antiox as tools to support white blood cell when white blood cell levels are getting too low. 
Um, and we think of them as antiviral, upper respiratory supporters, detox supporters, and antihistamine responders. Um, so these are two to have regularly to support kiddos with. I'll even use this combination for exposure to chlorine, for instance, in swimming pools because of the detox support. Um, anytime there's upper respiratory drama, throat, or any viral susceptibility, I'm going to do for Stella, who is 50 pounds, a BioC Plus and a cellular antiox at breakfast with raw honey in addition to her multivale kids and her kids biotic. Um, and then I'll also increase that upwards of two capsules daily, maybe even three, depending on the severity of infection. If she's like bedridden with a fever, we'll do one of those capsules three times a day for about two or three days. Um, and then you mentioned vitamin D would be another big one to pulse up. And this is where for kids, I'd probably go to the vitamin D capsule versus their daily liquid just so you can get a little bit more potency of dose because we typically want to go to three to four times their base dose mm -hmm. if they are actively ill and that's why we included the capsule instead of the liquid in the ultimate medicine cabinet bundle yep so you kind of think of like the kids biotic chewable probiotic and the vitamin d balance blend liquid as the daily preventatives and then if we're looking at treating an infection we would upregulate to the rebuild spectrum and then the capsule um, about three to four times the base dosage so if your kiddo is doing you know 1500 or 1000 or 2000 ius that 5000 iu capsule is perfect and then for adults you should be taking a 5000 iu vitamin D um, daily and then if ill you would go up to 20,000 IUs for like a five-day run so you would take four capsules at that time now what's unique about both our vitamin D balance blend in liquid or capsule form is that we incorporate k1 and k2 this is really important to balance out the way that the vitamin D works with calcium in the body because we want to prevent against calcification of soft tissues and make sure that we get that boost of vitamin K which also has immunological activity. But vitamin D is really the star of the show. It's a pro-hormone. It supports health at all ages. It can reduce asthma. It can support growth and development. It has a huge role with immune health and improved infection outcomes. It can reduce allergy response. It can support mood stability and neurotransmitter balance, which is why we keep that one in daily for all ages. Um, it can help with bone and skeletal support, vascular health, and even protect against prostate, colon, breast, and skin cancer. We saw in pandemic that vitamin D can reduce infection as well as severity of outcomes. In fact, they looked at hospitalized children and those that were deficient in vitamin D were almost five times more likely to get infected with COVID um, compared to those that had an optimal vitamin D status. So um, to the severity of actually being hospitalized with an infection, that's definitely something that's easy to prevent with your dropper of your liquid vitamin D. It tastes delicious. I'm always trying to you know, keep Stella from having a second or a third <laughs> dropper full. All right. Let's talk about another one that tastes pretty good. Um, the elderberry plus syrup. So we covered the herbal ginger and that's more like cough, sore throat. Um, elderberry plus is more to kind of upregulate that immune response, right? Yes. So elderberry has been used 
for centuries as far as its influence as an antiviral, antibacterial, and immune modulating tool. And we've used elderberry in clinic for a while now. We have our elderberry gummies on the blog, which we can link in today's episode. But we were really excited last year to come out with Elderberry Plus, which includes astralagus, which is an amazing immune herb, along with medicinal mushrooms. So there's maitake, shiitake, reishi all in here, as well as beta-glucans, which serve to modulate, like you said, Becky. So modulation of the immune response means that we're not just turning it on and we're not suppressing it or turning it down. We are supporting the immune response to be able to regulate inflammation, to upregulate those natural kill cell activities, to influence cytokine synthesis and expression, but not allow it to go haywire. So you might've heard about cytokine storms as a big thing, driving oxidative stress and driving more complicated outcomes or reducing oxygen activity for the elderly with COVID. Um, Elderberry Plus would again help with modulating or ensuring that you have enough cytokine to throw the darts or the bombs, that chemical warfare at the pathogen, but not to damage your own tissue. And that's super important to have that modulating effect and medications in the pharmaceutical world don't have an on-off switch like that. They just kind of go hard one way to suppress or to increase. Um, So that's a really beautiful element of this Elderberry Plus. It also has been shown to support T-cell and B-cell mediated responses. So there's a stronger immune long-term defense. Um, We've seen that the bioactive compounds, so the astralagus, these medicinal mushrooms, and the elderberry all in combinations can have significant improvements with influenza, respiratory tract infections, even cancer prevention, and various viral and bacterial infections. So if you're someone that's always under the weather, this is one to add in daily, and then you would increase your dosage to three to four times under times of infection. If you're someone that's dealt with cancer scares or have a strong family history, this would be another one to bring in daily for that reason. And then again, to have in your medicine cabinet for kiddos or adults if exposed to or starting to have signs of infection. That's the one that Mabel asks for. Mo, mo, mo. Yeah. Um, chases me around when I have the little dropper out for both her and Noah. Love it. And kind of on that vein, the, the last one I would call out in this space that is actually not child-friendly is our herbal immune. And so if you get the ultimate medicine cabinet bundle and you want to kind of make it have legs and go further, you might use the Elderberry Plus more for the kids in the household, although I do think it's a power player for all ages. Sure. Um, but the herbal immune is a gel capsule of lemon balm, sage, oregano, and thyme. And just like we mentioned that these could be used in your diffusers to inhale for respiratory infection, we see these to be super power players in combination for throat irritation, upper respiratory concerns, having antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal properties. So we use our herbal immune in our beat the bloat cleanse as far as support for gut dysbiosis and candida. It's also a power player for infection. This is one that I would really focus on during times of symptoms of that throat irritation or viral activity about one to two twice daily. So it could be getting about four capsules or so. Yes. And if you've got that like chesty, deep cough, that really helps to break that up too. Um, Strep throat, I always use the herbal immune. And as soon as kids are swallowing capsules, it would be appropriate. It's just a very large gel capsule for a child. Uh, Yes. Otherwise it's smaller than a a fish oil for us, but it's 
think for kids, it's more the, the capsule and you wouldn't want to open that one up because it's the really potent, you know, yes. um, essential oils of oregano and things that are going to taste pretty spicy. So not them. like the bio C plus or the Celiantex where we can quickly kind of open yeah. that cellulose capsule. This is a gel capsule, so yeah. you can't open it. You'd have to pop it. And at that point, it's not going to go down the hatch probably. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, so beyond supplementation, let's throw in a few more food as medicine recommendations. I know we've talked, you know, probiotics. I know we've talked certain, you know, herbal components and whatnot. Um, let's just hit kind of some general diet guidance, both for prevention and then management of symptoms as well. Yes. So the first thing to arm our immune system with is good blood sugar balance. So we want to make sure that we're limiting sugar, which I think that we've talked about in past episodes, how, uh, you know, the season from like Halloween through Thanksgiving, through Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever we're celebrating in the December month can just kind of be this landslide of treats. <laughs> and, you know, we see the seasonal shift of temperature, lower vitamin D status likely contributing, but I think sugar influx is a huge contributing factor to illness. So as much as you can eliminate and or limit sugar in your household, the better because sugar feeds bad bacteria and sugar is going to put your white blood cells into shutdown mode. Um, We see influence on our neutrophils being suppressed and they can be suppressed from blood sugar spikes for as long as five hours windows. So if you are letting your kids graze, even on refined carbs that you might not think of as like suckers, gummies, candies from the Halloween basket. But if we're thinking of, you know, even like naked carbs in excess. So a lot of pretzels, a lot of uh, cookies that are maybe even gluten-free, right? Right. But or any, crackers even. Yeah, yeah. Any of these carb-based treats or snacks and allowing these blood sugar spikes or imbalances this is going to be a huge way to make your immune system more susceptible or kind of break down that shield. So we want instead you to make sure that protein is the first focus on the plate. Protein is absolutely essential for immune support. Um, The actual manufacturing of antibodies to fight against antigen requires protein to manufacture or make antibodies. So you can't go through a successful third tier of immune recognition and response with protein deficiency. And we see protein deficiency actually also driving severity of infection by other immunological processes. So we want to make sure that we're getting a protein at all meals and that that's the first thing that's prioritized on the plate. If an adult or child wants a second serving of a carb, they got to finish their protein first. Um, Protein containing foods are also going to be the most biologically available in the form of many minerals. So I mentioned, you know, the Noble Organs Blend through Noble Origins as a powdered superfood or a multivitamin because we know that organs also have a robust amount of methylated B vitamins, of zinc, of selenium. A lot of these nutrients are really important to support white blood cell response. Um, And even zinc in the world, we think of as a big immune boost for susceptibility of infection. So we're going to get zinc in our red meats. So our beef, our lamb, um, even darker poultry, salmon would be a great choice at this time. And again, making sure that we're getting ample protein to support whole body health. 
this would be a great time and season to work with our naturally nourished grass-fed whey um, because this is going to be a great powerhouse of protein and also give you some of those immunoglobulins because our naturally nourished grass-fed whey is non-denatured that also is going to retain some of that glutathione in there. Um, and then the base for your smoothie, you might go dairy-free and use a really clean almond milk or coconut milk. Um, if your child or yourself does have mucus or phlegm issues, I wouldn't worry about removing dairy in the form of grass-fed whey, but I would remove other forms of dairy in the mm. diet. So cheese, drinking milk, cream, etc. cetera. Um, but if not under the weather and not making the mucus, raw milk as a base of your smoothie could be another great way to provide more protein and to create active immunoglobulins for a robust immune response. Totally. Um, and then, you know, offering those grass-fed whey smoothies, you know, yes. if a child is ill and not really having much of an appetite, I think doing smoothies and bone broth are kind yep. of like the two go-tos that still get them that protein yep. um, without having to be, you know, hard on digestion and whatnot. Yes. And if you want to boost your smoothie even further and then like open in a capsule of the BioC Plus and the cellular antiox and a scoop of the GI immune builder, mm -hmm. yep. those are kind of the three that I put personally just in honey. Um, I would call out if you're doing that in a smoothie, I would recommend instead, once you blend your smoothie, taking a couple tablespoons out and mixing that into a small bowl and directly feeding that to your child. Because I always get sad seeing like, you know, two, three ounces of a smoothie left behind and like how many dollars of supplement right. are yeah, sitting yeah. in that cup. how much they got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like to kind of dose direct the, um, you know, nutraceuticals. And then, you know, you can enhance the vitamin C with like zest and a smoothie of citrus, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then... Bone broth for adults, I think doing a bone broth fast is really appropriate during times of illness, um, especially Absolutely. when you're not feeling like eating and you're just wanting to kind of fuel those gut cells, but also, you know, rest the gut from food. I think that can work really nicely. We have a whole YouTube um, or a couple of YouTube videos yeah. on um, doing a three-day bone broth fast. So that might be worth checking out as well. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to get that knack to thin mucus. You're going to support that gut associated lymphatic tissue. And that's where we'll get that support for that second line of the immune system, as well as the helper cells, really pulling in the T cells and B cells and even repairing secretory IgA with the bone broth. So I think that that's a lovely thing to bring in. Um, on the idea of warm beverages, you mentioned adding our herbal ginger syrup into tea. I think that that's great. And especially if it is tea with a tea leaf, so a black tea, a green tea, an oolong or a white tea blend. Um, these actually have been shown in research to enhance immune response five times over that of coffee drinkers. So this is your call to action to get at least two cups of tea in daily. Um, we're going to get that L-theanine, which is a molecule that we talk about a lot in more brain chemistry as an alpha brainwave support to reduce anxiety and aid in concentration. But L-theanine also can support the immune system via our gamma delta T cell response. Um, and these are really that first line in that third area of immune reactivity and can combat bacteria, viral, fungal, and even parasitic infections. Uh, teas can also support that anti-tumor activity in the body and um, can even secrete more interferon, which is a key 
part of our body's chemical defense against infection in that kind of second tier of defense. So getting tea plus the herbal ginger syrup would be a really great option. And we're currently working on getting a tea line of three different options coming out on AllieMillerRD.com that I hope to have out by November. So stay tuned. It may be out around this time. Um, we will have a green sencha. Um, we will have a oolong and we will have an herbal counterpart, probably a rooibos with um, dried peach in there as a great sippable low caffeine or, or excuse me, caffeine free, natural caffeine free option. Um, and those could even be used then again at room temperature temperature to boost antioxidants for kiddos as well. Yes. Some really exciting stuff coming down the pipeline to support you all the way through immune season. I've been drinking these teased ice throughout the summer too. Yes. So they really work all the time. Yeah. And that's the beauty of food as medicine. You get that synergy. So like I said, you get the brain calming element, you get the EGCG for body fat burn, and then you even get cancer fighting properties all while you're also enhancing your immune system to be less vulnerable through this season. So definitely excited to offer those teas to you guys. Uh, stay tuned on that. Um, just closing things out in the world of foods. So we mentioned probiotics, probiotic rich foods. I would say during this season, if not sick, you could incorporate yogurt, kefir, but otherwise if dealing with mucus, Try to avoid the dairy and instead do more fermented vegetables. So this could be kimchi, sauerkraut. You could do uh, kombucha as a combination to get some of that tea goal in, plus the effervescent probiotics there. Uh, and then just check out our immune protocol where we also link a variety of recipes like our 40 clove of garlic soup and our master tonic, which will also include the YouTube video of, uh, which is fun, where we take the remedy that was used as rumored to combat the bubonic plague uh, and um, has the spiciest peppers you can find, horseradish, ginger, garlic, all broken down and masticated and fermented in apple cider vinegar as a base. Uh, it's a great thing to have. Also, this is your call to action to make now to have during cold flu viral infection. Uh, it does take time to ferment. So you're going to want to start that now. So you have that in your fridge to reach to. Okay. And then maybe last, but not least here, we have an entire episode actually on the keto immune connection, which is episode 262. Uh, but let's just cover maybe a couple of the highlights on how going keto can actually be the best way to shield your immune response. Yeah. So that episode is really robust and we go into a lot of research, but there's multiple mechanisms of how nutritional ketosis can actually enhance your immune system. So A, we're going to get that blood sugar balance. So we're not taking our neutrophils off security, if you will. We're not having that suppression of our body guard uh, by keeping our blood sugar lower with nutritional ketosis. We're also seeing that ketone bodies can actually interact with our NLRP3 inflammasome-mediated pathways. And these are basically the inflammatory immune feedback pathways that impact how severe our infection is. Um, we see that ketosis upregulates autophagy and apoptosis, the cellular cleanup of the debris of the pathogen so that there's less long haul or delayed response in the immune system. 
we have seen so much influence that Yale School of Medicine actually calls it a KIME or a ketoimmune modulation response, this KIM. And they note that this is anti-inflammatory, it's safe, sustainable, and surprisingly potent way to arm the immune response. And then another research study came out looking at the beneficial effects of ketone bodies on human T cell immunity. And they saw that ketone production actually plays a key role in the immunometabolic reprogramming of the body. It can improve T-cell function and prime the human T-cell memory differentiation, which essentially means more prolonged natural immunity. So you're reducing inflammation and oxidative stress. You are reducing the severity of infection. You're making sure that your immune system is not suppressed um, with that blood sugar spike. And then you're getting this overall memory response for a natural robust immune impact. If you're curious about ketosis, definitely be aware coming up for Black Friday in just four weeks from now, we will be doing a flash sale on our January 12-week Food is Medicine live ketosis class. That's the best way to make sure that you feel amazing in your body in 2024 and to make sure that you're priming your immune system to stay on track. Yes. And keto, I think is a great tool preventative and in times of illness, this would be a time for sure, as we talked about the sugar studies to really ratchet down those carbs and use ketosis in your favor. Yeah. Don't go for carb comfort foods. If you're under the weather, like Becky said, you're way better off doing a three day bone broth fast allow the virus or infection to run its course while you're upregulating your immune system and not distracting it with blood sugar dysregulation. Totally. And if you want to learn a little bit more nerdy stuff on immune health, we have a immune webinar over at AllieMillerRD.com. Uh, this is a two plus hour webinar that goes through nutritional supplementation, lifestyle support. It has uh, five immune boosting recipes in a downloadable protocol that you get with this. And it is um, only $9.99, but if you use Immune 23, you can save $5, making it just $4.99. Steal of a deal and something great to purchase to maybe share with family members, friends, uh, co-workers to ensure that we're not dealing with gunk that's going to mess with our hustle this holiday season. We're going to have a fabulous strong end of this fall entrance into winter and feel empowered instead of scared. We know we will be prepared with all of the tools in our tool belt. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Check out that ultimate medicine cabinet bundle to have everything on hand and strongly consider applying these food as medicine principles to just start feeling amazing and make sure that you stay robust and resilient. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.